Welcome to the Chat With Your Kids podcast. I'm Marcy. And I'm Alex. And we're here to help you tackle the biggest topics through little chats with the kids in your life. Welcome to this week's episode, Chat With Your Kids About Screens. And this week, we are so excited to have a special guest. This week, we have Alex from Mindful With Media. And we will give a little introduction, but I just want to say I'm so excited. We actually recorded with Alex a few weeks ago and did an episode for her podcast um, with the same name, Mindful with Media. And we did an episode, Chat with Your Kids, about pornography. If you haven't listened to that already, it's honestly one of my favorite conversations we've had. So definitely go and check out that episode. Um, But Alex, we're so excited to have you here Thanks so much. I'm so excited to talk with you guys again, because I feel the same way. You guys are just fascinating people. Thank you. Well, and we just wanted to introduce you a little bit more. Um, So Alex is joining us. She has a bachelor's degree in statistics with a minor in family life from um, Brigham Young University. Also, we are BYU Are you? That's so fun. (laughs) Where we met. Yeah. Um, She loves anything um, running, doing outside, or being outside, um, being active. She's been married for the last four years and has two kids who are currently three and and 18 months. Yeah, three years old and 18 months. Um, And as we said, she's the founder of Mindful with Media, and she runs runs a podcast, Mindful with Media. And an Instagram. And an Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And I found Alex actually just on Instagram. I think just personally, my algorithm, I'm so grateful, brought me to you. I don't know if it was real or whatever. Um, And I really love the focus of your podcast and your Instagram. That's really helping, I feel like, um, young moms get in touch with their own screen time use. And I think as we like dive into this episode today, I think, I, I guess I will just say it now, like it's something that I really struggle with. It's like, I, yeah, sometimes I do feel like a hypocrite because I'll be like, okay, no more screens today to my kids or whatever. I'll, you know, or I'll be feeling that. And then I'm like, cannot even get in control of my own phone use or whatever. So I think that like this episode, I have been really looking forward to, um, for myself as well. And I've, your content has really helped me. So I'm so excited. Oh, well, thank you so much. That means a lot. And I know you're definitely not alone. Like that's why I started this. (laughs) We just kind of want to dive in and I feel like screens is such a big topic. Mm-hmm. Like I think we do talk about it a lot um, because there's just, I mean, there's so many different kinds of screens. There's so much, so many, so much different kind of content on screens. And I feel like it changes at, with, with age and development. And, um, but I think there's one thing that's true is just like, you can't avoid it, right? Like they are everywhere. Um, they're in schools. Like it's, the screens are here. Right. And so, um, I really love how you focus on like helping develop like a healthy relationship with screens. And, um, so that kind of is, I guess, kind of going to lie, like lead into our reflection questions, um, which are like, what role do screens play in your life as a parent, um, like your partner's life and your kid's life. So kind of just like, what is the relationship with screens? in the household, I guess I would say would be like the first reflection question. This is one that it can be easy to maybe overlook, like just, I feel like, at least for me, um, 
in the busyness of everyday life, it's pretty easy to just kind of rush by something like this. And we're trying to get things done. I'm trying to feed the kids, get them to whatever activity and <clears throat> get them home from school. And um, I find it that I need to be intentional to like slow down and reflect on like how we're using screens in the home because mm-hmm. it doesn't come naturally necessarily take some intentionality yeah and even like right now as I'm thinking about this and I'm like I don't know if this is like a the most like thorough assessment of our family it's like a pretty like bare bones but I'm like I feel like if I had to say for me I'd say screens are like like a time passer like something I do to pass the time um or maybe even just like yeah like I feel like that's kind of the one of the roles. I feel like there are many roles. Like we use them for like chat with your kids in the podcast. And I think I do use them in a lot of good ways. But if I had to just like simplify it, I might say that for our kids. I feel like if I had to say it, I feel like we, a lot of times like screens are like, we need to get the dishes done. We need to get dinner on. Like it's kind of like, ah, we need some help. Like we need something to engage them. What would you say for you? I don't know. Like for me personally? Yeah, like your relationship. Oh, it it fluctuates quite a lot between um, educational. Like I use screens a lot for like learning That's stuff. That's kind of what I was thinking for you. Um, for the most part. And then just like mindless, like tuning out and like, <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I use it for a complete distraction and totally checking out. Yeah. So <laughs> kind of two ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Totally, totally. It's so interesting. Like as you're talking about these things, Obviously, I reflect on these questions a lot because (laughs) this is why I started my business. But it's interesting, like, the more that I've worked with people one-on-one, like, about their screen time, like you say, like, people don't really care about their screen time. It's like, oh, like, they, like, don't think it's impacting them that much or their kids. It's kind of like, yeah, I know I should do something about that because I've seen all these, like, scary headlines about it. But, like... I don't have time for that. Like it's not as big of a deal because you don't see like the immediate impacts, but it's like, it actually does impact more things than you think. But with that, I think it's like, I'll talk about this more later, but like there's so much shame and guilt around it, which I think is preventing us from solving the problem because we're, yeah, it's kind of like embarrassing that we use our phones mindlessly, but I think that's the first step is like getting rid of that shame and guilt that comes with screens for ourselves or for our kids. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think that is like, I definitely feel that. I think you're right. There are so many scary headlines and it is such a like buzzy thing. And I think, you know, in the profession we're in, it is a pretty big topic. Like, especially like, you know, there's different aspects of screens too. Like, social media and like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I'm not that worried about my kids. Like, for the most part, I know that school is going to be so much more on like a computer than like when I was in school. And I'm like, you know what? I feel like that's just like, it is what it is. But then I like think of social media and then I like panic or, you know what I mean? Just especially with everything. But I I love that, like taking away the shame and just stepping back. And like, if you can like separate yourself from those, like the shame or the fear, then you can have that like space to say, okay, let's think about this. Let's make goals. Let's like, or not even make goals, but let's just like be intentional about our screen use or how we're using it and how we're using it as a tool. So I love that. Totally. Totally. Awesome. I guess the other reflection question 
is kind of like a fun one. I don't know. I think it's like, what would you want your kids screen time to look like? Or like, how would you want your kids to use screens? Like in a perfect world, what would that look like? I guess. And I think that's like kind of a fun thought experiment. (laughs) Like just to think about, I think it's almost the opposite of that shame and guilt. I think we do so much like oh, I should be better. I should do da-da-da-da. And instead, like, okay, in a perfect world, like, how would your kids' screens be working for them? Like, Alex mentioned, screens can be a great educational tool, you know? Like, I don't know. Like, wow, wouldn't that be cool if my kids could learn a new hobby or, you know, connect with a community or, like, use these screens for something that could be really, like, fulfilling and productive? So I guess in a perfect world, how would you want screens to work for your kids? I don't know if that makes sense. But. Yeah. And like, what, what's the ideal? Like, where, where would you like to, this to lead? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me, I, one of my favorite, so I work with kids like all the way from like toddlers to teenagers. And one of my favorite questions to ask like my middle schoolers and teenagers, and I actually had this conversation this week with one of like my middle schoolers, if like when you're a parent, what age do you think your kids should have phones? I'm like, I'm not talking about you. Like, I know, I know you want a phone now or you have a phone and you're not giving that thing up. But like when you're a parent and actually I was so blown away by my middle schoolers answer. They were like, I just think it's not something that an age can determine. (laughs) Like they're like, it's really like, are they ready for it? And I was like, that's really mature and insightful from a middle schooler. And so I was like, what does ready for a phone look like? And we kind of had that conversation and it was, I thought it was really fun to even see he brought up safety kind of. And I thought that was like really cool and insightful. The phone can be dangerous. Like one of the first things they brought up was like, well, you know, have to know how to use it safely. And I thought that was like so insightful And actually gave me a lot of hope too, you know, like, okay, it's, if they're given the right tools, like they can, they can figure these things out, you know? Oh, totally. And I think that's what we forget as parents. And I, I think you guys are probably my similar age where it's like a lot of people I talk with are like 10, 20 years older than me. And so they didn't ever like really have phones when they were younger. And so they're like really freaked out by the idea of, yeah, the kids having phones and technology because it's it's such a foreign idea. But anyways, that's what I feel like they find is it's like your kids actually care about the same things you care about. It's not like you against your kids and the screens. It's like you and your kids working together to use the screens. Like we're all on the same level. It's not like yeah, I, I think it so easily becomes like an enemy situation of like mm-hmm. you're trying to pull the kid back on your side, like against the screens, mm-hmm. but it's just using them as tools for good. Like, I love that reflection question of like, yeah, how do you want your kids to use screens? How do you, how do you want it? I don't know. I love that. Yeah. No, oh, that's really cool. And I think you're right. And like, even like, cause I'm like, my first phone was like a Nokia block phone. Like I could yeah. text and it and I think it even had a walkie-talkie, which was embarrassing a little bit because I was like, I don't need my mom to like walkie-talkie me. But like, but yeah, I think even that we had like, we still had that access of like something in our pocket and text to check and like, you know, like, yeah, we just had something small like that, you know? But I think 
I also am like, but that's so different than what kids have now, you know? And it is, you know, like having access to the internet is and social media, like you say, is a different experience. But I love how you, I love what you just said. Like our kids want the same things as like, you know, like it's not they they're totally different. Like we're different generations. We have different tools. We have definitely different fashions or whatever. Right. But there are these like core parts of being a human that are pretty similar no matter when, like what time or tools are available to you as a kid. So I like that. Yeah. And it's easier. Like it, we're stronger doing it as a team than like kind of fractured and splintered off. It's really hard both on the parents end and the kids end to make it work or to find solutions or reach our goals with screens if we're doing it individually and we're kind of split up. But approaching it like that, like you said, Alex, with a mindset of like, hey, can we do this together? Like, what is it that we're trying to do here? And what can we do together? Um, Just makes it uh, so much stronger as a team. Yeah, yeah. So Alex, you have a whole company uh, surrounding screen use. And so we're really excited to just hear some of your insights. Like, obviously, you spend a lot of time talking to people about screen habits and screen use. I'm sure you spend a lot of time thinking about it. So I guess just to kind of dive in, like, first of all, like, what would be your advice or what would you have to say to parents about, you know, maybe those parents who are having some fear or shame around their kids' screen use? Like, what would you say or what would advice would you give? Yeah, I mean, I think the first step, like, in getting rid of that fear and that shame and the guilt is one just, like, recognizing that it's there. And then like realizing what thoughts are surrounding it. So a lot of thoughts that I notice with parents that I work with are like, they're really afraid of what their child's future will be like, like that they won't have good social skills or they like get into really bad things or they'll, um, yeah, mostly that they won't have like the skills of whether that's emotionally coping or socially connecting with people because they're always on their screens. So a lot of times just recognizing what thoughts you're having around it. A lot of other thoughts that I'll notice parents have are like, well, like, I just want them to have the childhood I had. Like, I just, like, I was always playing and doing these things and like, my kids don't have that. And I just feel like I'm letting them down because of that. So I don't know, just noticing like what thoughts you're having about screens, like what thoughts are coming up for you can really help you to, yeah, realize if that's really true or like you're most of the time you are doing a lot better than you think you are with, I mean, anything in parenting, but I think especially with screens, that's what I see is like, yeah, you're doing a lot better than you think you are. Mm. I love that. Like, even when you were listing some of those fears, I like recognize some of those. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like one that I think about is like, I'm really scared of like our kids being like polarized, you know, social media or like the internet just is like really polarizing. And I like kind of have that. Sometimes I have that fear and I love how you kind of, I'm like, wait a minute, Alex and I have this passion about like chatting with our kid. Their only exposure to ideas are not going to be the internet. We have a culture in our home where we talk about these things. Even like, yeah, I'm like, wait a minute. No, that's something that like, obviously you don't have control over everything, right? And maybe that fear isn't as big as it needs to be, right? Like yeah, we can do. I remember like kind of, when I first started on this journey, maybe like right before I had so much, yeah, fear about raising kids in this world of screens. And just like, 
I, I remember I was like watching a movie with my husband. I think I was pregnant with my first son and there was like something inappropriate that came up and I just like, it made me physically sick. And I don't think it was just because I was pregnant. I think I was actually physically sick from like this inappropriate scene. And I was just like, yeah, like this is so terrible that this is just everywhere. But since then, like, like in that moment, I was like, I just want to shelter everybody I know and all my kids from seeing anything bad ever. You know, you just want to like put them in a box and not let them see anything. But since I've yeah researched a lot more and learned a lot more, one of my favorite books is by Eric Rasmussen. He's a children and media researcher mm-hmm. and his book is called Media Maze. And his approach is like, he knows the impacts of media and screens on kids because that's literally what he does for a living. But his approach is very much like, the answer is not to shelter them. The answer is to let them experience things and talk about things. Yeah. Chat with your kids about it. Like you see something on the movie, talk about why you believe whatever was shown was wrong or, you know, ask your kids about it. Like it provides, it actually provides opportunities to teach your kids things when they see things on screens that you may not agree with. I love that. Like you both, well, we both, that's the chat with your kids model. Like I'm like, yes, a hundred percent. It's just similar to your views on screens. I feel like when we talk about it, I feel like I am a little bit more when in terms of screens, like, I think I do worry a little bit more and Alex, I think you worries as well, but I think, yeah, I think he's a little bit sometimes like Marcy, like that exactly. Like, you know what? The best thing we can do is let them like embrace them and guide our kids, like be a support and be really aware and intentional. But I I love that. Like, yeah, well, the issue, it's kind of like the candy principle. Like if you, if you literally never have anything sweet ever in the house and the child never, ever, 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 ever has any sweets, the second that they do, they're going to like, they're going to be like ravenous for it. Right. Like, or like, um, I don't know. You're I didn't not have, there like, to teach them control and teach them yeah. boundaries and teach them. Yeah. Like, like, like kind of hold their hand them. while they learn this. Exactly. Allowing them to experience it in the safety of the trusting, loving relationships that exist, like the most trusting and loving relationships that they have, hopefully. And um, that's, I, that's like the best way to learn it. Cause they're going to, they're going to learn it. They're going to experience it regardless. There's kind of no getting around that. Like I didn't have, uh, video games in my home growing up and I guess growing up like the video games weren't super prevalent anyway but all my friends did when I was like six or seven and so when I'd go to their house they would they it would be like the only thing I wanted to do right because I'm like this is so cool what is this my uh, brothers were totally the same way <laughs> yeah and I was just like obsessed about it when I left like well how can I get one of those things you know yeah. and um anyway so eventually I did and it worked out <laughs> <laughs> And we like talk about maybe we should get like our old school, like the Wii and like our kids can have like, you know, like we have video games, but they're like, so I feel like the Wii is the most wholesome thing in the world. Like, it's- <laughs> that was the only one my parents let us get is we had a yeah. Wii sports. Yeah. <laughs> and we play. <laughs> I love that. But no, I think like you don't intentionally show your kids inappropriate content. And this is more about content than just like screens in general. But yeah, like you're not going to like hey, look at this. Let's talk about how bad this is. But it's like, if things come up, which they will, 
talk about it and don't don't be so anal about sheltering them mm-hmm. yeah I love that and then I think it just like going back to that chat with your kids model like then when like they are inevitably with their friends and they're watching that movie then like I feel like how much more likely they might be to come home and like process with you and be like well I like if that's like part of the culture of like oh yeah like we see something on a movie that we feel weird about and we can talk about it so then it's like even if if they're exposed to that with you then when maybe those things you don't have as much control over there's like a greater possibility not a hundred percent chance right (laughs) but like at least like you have set a culture in your family that it's like yeah if whether it's a movie or a kid at school shows you something on their phone that you have a weird feeling about if we've already established that then they they may be more likely to come to you and talk about it and say hey the weirdest thing happened or you know so or even totally if they don't like come to the parent to talk about it they'll hopefully like by chatting about it in the home they'll have like developed a sensitivity to that like emotional radar that they have when something's like traveling to them they'll be able to pay attention to it and follow it hopefully um and have their own opinions or ideas about it that can like having that like being able to own their emotional response and their opinions and thoughts about something and know that it's theirs is a way better gift than just having like a parent's voice echo in the back of their head yeah. like that's bad that's wrong right like yeah um because then it's like internally driven and they have like kind of a sense of agency about it and um, some kind of power to do something about it on their own. Yeah. Yeah. This reminds me growing up, my parents, I think most of my mom, cause my dad was at work, but if I wanted to like go see a movie with friends, this was mostly junior high, the memories that are coming to mind. Um, and I would ask my mom, can I go see this movie? She would teach me how to look up online like what was in the movie so at that time I think it was called like worth your time or something but it's similar to common sense media where it shows you what's in the movie and so she like showed me she would you know taught me how to look that up and then she would let me decide like do you feel comfortable going to this or not and like there were definitely movies that I was like I'm comfortable going and I went and I was like this does not make me feel good but like she let me have that autonomy to decide based on yeah but while also teaching me that skill I love that that's like kudos to your mom <laughs> yeah that's a total parenting win I love that just like I feel like teaching the process like teaching how to process right like the process of processing and problem solving and giving tools rather than just like rules you know like yeah so I really like that so you mentioned earlier like kind of boundaries And I would love for you to talk a little bit more about like helping our kids develop screen boundaries. Um, I know you work a lot on helping individuals like manage their own. And so I would love to just talk to you more about like screen boundaries. Yes. So I, yeah, I always start with the parents screen time because like parents screen time is the biggest predictor of kids screen time. Like it's not how much you limit your kids screen time or it's not any of the other things to do it's like your screen time is the number one predictor and so as far as like your own boundaries kind of like you were bringing up earlier with those reflection questions a lot of times we just have this vague idea of like well I don't want to be mindless on my phone or I want to use my phone less or I yeah just kind of like these vague ideas of how we want to do it but I think just like 
focusing on all the good things that you can do with your phone and figuring out ways to implement those more into your day. So like I use Instagram for my business. That's like my main marketing tool. And so I have scheduled times that I go on Instagram for my business. I have scheduled times to intentionally scroll instead of mindless scroll. It's like Mm. specific things that I'm doing on there. Um, So that's kind of the first thing that comes up is just what, what do you want to be doing with your phone? And yeah, I could like go on and on about boundaries, (laughs) but I think the other thing that I'll say is like, sometimes when we want to make changes with screens there, you know, there's all these things about like screen detox, like whether that's for you or for your kids. And like, I do think that can be helpful, but if you don't like go deeper than that and figure out what's actually going on and like have a plan for what you're going to do, then you're just going to fall right back into old habits. And so start really small. I think that's a more effective way instead of like going extreme on detoxes, just make like one teeny tiny change, whether that's for your, for your kids or for yourself, start with really small changes. I like how you said that the changes should be focused more on like what to do instead of like what not to do. Cause I think it's so much easier to say like the negative, right? Like this is something I want to do less of or not at all, or have limits on. And, but that creates like a ton of anxiety and it's also not very motivating. It's like, Uh like psychologically, it's actually, so the difference, the distinction is approach versus avoidance goals. So an avoidance goal would be like to not do something, which it's, not bad to have an avoidance goal. They're just not as, um, they don't really carry us that far without uh, also having an alternative, right? Like an approach goal, something that we really want, we're driven for. It's like using social media as a business is a great example. Or like I, when I'm lucid, I use, um, I learn stuff. Like I fixate yeah. on certain topics and just like learn a ton about it for like six months to a year. <laughs> but yeah and and so but then there's like usually when I'm using my phone or my computer it's like hyper focused on this thing that I really want to do um and then like the other stuff doesn't matter quite as much and I don't have to worry so much about like I guess actually I get so fixated I do have to (laughs) (laughs) it can't be problem yeah but in general, like the mindless stuff or like the the unintentional just kind of like wandering through um screen use doesn't happen that way right if we'd like no there's something that I want to do here or I need to do or whatever Ooh, yeah. totally even like what you were saying reminds me of something that happened just like earlier tonight and I feel like so we moved like seven months ago so it's been a while but I feel like in the move and just like everything. I feel like our boundaries with like our kids screen time got like a little bit looser and looser. I would say right now our kids are watching like a little more shows than I would like want, you know, but tonight um, Alex and Everett were out and I was home with Calvin and I had to cook dinner and he was kind of having a hard time. And I was like, we'll put on some blippy. And then I like, was like, oh, I could have like done something else or whatever. And I was kind of feeling that like, yeah, that like shame or whatever. And instead I was like, I watch with you for a little while. And we like sat down and then it's like blippy. So I obviously got bored and I like started checking emails on my phone. And then I was like, wait, I'm being intentional. Like, and then like 
Calvin started talking to me and it was so funny. Like he kept pointing and he's like, that's so funny, mom. And then they were like, I don't know. Blippi was like looking for Easter eggs and like Calvin would be like, I found the blue one. And then I, the first time I'm like, oh, that's awesome, buddy. High five. And then he's like, I found the red one. And he looks at me and he's like, mom, where's my high five? <laughs> ended up, it was like, you know, like a 10 minutes and we sat, but then actually like we had a lot of fun together and it was like, it was great. I was like, thanks Blippi for a great connecting experience with my son, you know? And so I think even right now, I think in my mind, I'm like, oh, we need to have less screens. We need to have less screens. But I feel like tonight I was like, or maybe my first goal could be like, maybe we start using screens to connect. And we like, that is a big thing, right? With like, especially the little kids is like, we're going to do screen time. Um, But instead, let's talk about it with our kids and let's be involved and laugh and, you know, oh my goodness, that was so funny. And just like connect with them through it. So I was like, that to me feels like a better goal and honestly way more fun goal. We had a great time, you know? And so I was, I don't know, like it was giving me hope and it, like, yeah, I'm like, Hey, that's like what you're talking about. I was like, how about instead of we need to just do less, we need to detox. I'm like, I'll just connect with my kids more through their shows. That's the first step for us for like, yes. you know, that is such a cute story. I love that so much. And even from like a research perspective, like co-viewing is so powerful. Yeah. The way, yeah. Not only does it like connect you, but like what your child can learn from the show because you're connecting with them is so powerful. And like often, you know, like you say, you turn on the screen because you need to use it as a babysitter. And I think there's a lot of shame around that. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there should be like, I don't know, like if you, your kids get a little show and you get a little break, then you're going to show up as a better mom and be them for them more, you know, instead of like beating yourself up about that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think there's, yeah, too much shame around screens. I love that. Yeah, I agree. And that's it. Yeah. I'm like, I did end up, we had our little interaction and I kept it on a little bit longer while he finished dinner, you know? And yeah, and it was great because I was able to finish dinner and have a little minute of peace in a crazy hectic day. So I love that. I think that's so like, just, it's kind of like relieves a burden, you know, like to hear that. Good. (laughs) To continue on the conversation. Um, as far as like, you kind of have talked about like modeling your screen use. Um, Is there a way, like, I think that I love how you said that's, that's where we should start, like starting with our screen use, you know, Um, is there a way that you've seen that with like clients that you've worked with, or just um, as you have spent a lot of time in this, like um, kind of leading to a conversation with kids or then leading into like how you can maybe tackle your kids screen time or screen use, you know, like that maybe translation from like your screens to your kids screens. Like, what would you say about that? Yeah. So I think the first thing is just verbalize everything. So like, especially with those young kids and really the older kids too, you they can't see what you're doing on your phone. So it looks the exact same if you're messaging somebody who's having a hard day, or if you're mindlessly scrolling Instagram, like or if you're ordering groceries, you know, it all looks the same to them if you're just staring at your screen. And so just tell them what you're doing on your screen. Like, I'm ordering groceries. I'm texting so-and-so. I'm 
I'm mindlessly scrolling. And then it also is a good way for you to check in like, oh my gosh, what am I doing on my phone? Like, why am I on here? And so I think that's the first step is just verbalizing everything. And then that naturally leads to conversations, right? Of like, I've totally had that where I like, I'm like on Instagram, my kids are crying and I'm like, I'm on Instagram. I don't want to be on Instagram. I want to be helping you. I got distracted on my phone. I don't really want to be using my phone that way. It just naturally leads to conversations if you're narrating everything you're doing on your phone. I love that. I think that's such good insight. Like even the other day, uh, our four-year-old said to me something you never want to hear as a parent. He's like, mom, stop playing on your phone. And it was just like, oh, but I actually was like handling like kind of a crisis at work. (laughs) And I, and so like, but I love that. I was like, oh my goodness. Like, you know, I took her, like I could take time to put down the work email for a minute and just say like, thank you so much for letting me know. It sounds like, you know, you need my attention right now. And like we had a conversation and then I was able to let him know, like someone at work is having a really hard time and I'm trying to help them solve a big problem. And like, we had a conversation, like, what do you do when you need to solve a problem? So, and it, it did feel good to like, let him know what I was doing because there's been other times when he said, stop playing on your phone. And I'm like, Oh, Oh my gosh. Yes. I should be with you. I should be on Instagram, you know? Um, so I love that. Like just being more in the habit. And I think, like you said, there'll be like a nice off, like, I guess, I don't know the word nice side effect of like you being more conscious. If you're verbal, (laughs) what you're doing, you're like, Oh yeah, I came on here to order groceries And now I'm scrolling Instagram or the news or whatever. So I really like that. That's really cool. That's such a good example of that experience with your son, you know, and then they learn that screens are tools for good. You know, I think right now for them, it kind of just seems like they're entertainment. That's what they use screens for, but they can, they learn how awesome screens are. And I think that's another huge thing is like kids internalize how you feel about screens. And so like, if you can change your view of screens, like your kids will pick up on that. Yeah. Implicitly, but also um, very explicitly, if you're narrating too, like the, the, the things that we say about ourselves to ourselves, even if we think our kids aren't like listening, they're picking up on it and it may not be super conscious for them. They may not be aware that they're picking up on it, but they are. And that becomes in part like the internal dialogue that they have. Um, uh, like so often when I'm working with clients, they talk about like they express, you know, like self-critical things about themselves and I'll like, we'll dig into it and see like, okay, where did this really start? And it's often they heard it said to them or about them by somebody else, or they observed somebody uh, else talking important to them, right? Like a parent or older sibling um, talking about themselves like that. Ooh. And Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. So it like shapes the child's experience like very directly. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, and I think well. <laughs> with that, like, a, you know, how awesome will that be for your kids if you can embrace that you are imperfect with your technology use mm-hmm. and show them how to handle that instead of just like hiding that from them? you can, yeah, narrate how to handle the mistakes because you will not be perfect. Nobody is perfect with their screen use. And so if you, yeah, just embracing that and 
I, I literally like say this to myself, like if I ever find myself doing something on my phone or using screens in a way that doesn't totally align with who I want to be, I'm like, Ooh, this is exciting. Like this is showing me that I'm avoiding something. Cause we usually turn to screens, like you said, like as an escape or just like to pass time, probably cause that, that boredom is a little bit uncomfortable. And so it's like, Oh, like, what is this here to show me? Like, what can I learn from this? Oh, I'm avoiding this really stressful problem at work. Or I don't know, like I'm avoiding my kids' tantrums because it's really hard to deal with or I'm avoiding whatever you're avoiding, but just seeing it as like an exciting thing, which is really, you know, that popular growth mindset. It's really just applying that to phone use. Mm -hmm. I really like that because in our, like we did a coping skills episode and we talked a lot about like whenever we ask kids, like what do you use as a coping skill? Like, always it's like one of like a couple things but it's usually always screen related it's uh, like video games youtube or like music music or social media like that is and like in the episode we talk a lot about like you know what like for some small emotions like a distraction's fine like yeah like in like it can be a useful tool but more often than not, like a really effective coping skill is going to be more expressive. You're going to be not just distracting the problem, but you're going to be letting something out. You're going to be talking to a friend. You're going to be journaling. You're going to be exercising or you're going to be cooking. You know what I mean? It's like more letting those emotions out of you. So I love how you like you model that like, oh, this is exciting. Like, you know, and I feel like that can lead like to such a good conversation about coping skills. Like, hey, like, I noticed you walked in the door from school and you went straight to the video games. <laughs> like, like, huh, that's so like, yeah, that's so interesting. I wonder, like, you know, I wonder what's behind that. I wonder if there's some feelings that you're having today or, you know, like, and it couldn't even be a little, maybe let them play the video game for a while. Let them have the distraction. But then later, maybe it is a good opportunity to talk about like coping skills or, you know, kind of open up that. Like, why did we go to screens? And totally, totally. The one of my favorite books about like your own screen use. Yeah, my favorite book, book about kids' screen use is Media Maze. My favorite book about personal media use is it's called Indistractable by Near Isle. It's awesome, but he always he says like the best way to master or the only way I don't know the way to master distraction is to master discomfort. And so I think that kind of goes along with those cupping skills of like. If we don't want to be distracted by our screens, you kind of have to learn how to cope with discomfort in in ways that actually meet the need. I think like you're explaining, I always explain it. It's like when a baby wants to nurse and you can like tie the baby off for a little while with a pacifier, like until the mom gets there and mm -hmm. like, it's you know, they can like, you can pacify it for a little bit, but eventually they have to eat. Eventually they need that milk. And so it's kind of the same, like, you can avoid it for a little bit. You can distract yourself from that emotion for a while, but eventually that emotion needs to be processed in a healthy way at some point. Well, and I, I would even add like distraction isn't necessarily a bad coping skill. It just can't be the only one, right? And yeah, also like part of having um, multiple mm -hmm. options available for coping um, means that we can become able to distract ourselves intentionally when appropriate, right? Mm -hmm. So like, choosing when it's a good time to scroll mindlessly versus recognizing that like 
maybe now's not the time, even though it's really appealing and there's good reasons for me what to want to do it. But maybe right now what I need is actually something else and I can do that another time. Um, yes. Cause, yes. Cause there's definitely times where like sometimes feelings are too big and we just don't have the capacity in this moment. And it's mm-hmm. like a little bit of distraction can let that cool off for a minute. Actually really helpful. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's such a, a good point. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I love how you talked about, like you gave the example earlier of like, maybe I was like texting a friend who needed help or support. Cause like there also are so many ways that like, even the screen can be a really good, like, expressive like or way to process those emotions or like you know like it's not always just the distraction like um years ago I had a friend tell me like her her goal for the year was to like produce more than she consumed and now I feel like I've seen that a lot more lately but like at the time I'd never heard anything like that and I was like wow like I like just thought about it so deeply and even I'm thinking about like one of the hardest years we had like a really tough year a couple years ago. Um, and that was actually like the year that I was maybe most active posting on like chat with your kids, like, uh, Instagram. And I made reels and I like, I was using it very expressively, you know? And so Uh I like, and I think I see some kids do some really cool stuff with like YouTube and like, young kids are like sharing ideas and creating. And like, there are these really powerful ways or I really try when I feel like I am in an Instagram rut of like, okay, like challenge myself. Like, can we build people up today? Like I'm going to leave some comments that make people feel amazing, actually so exciting and it's fun. And it takes a lot of courage to do something like that, you know? But I think like those, when I use social media in that way, I feel so good when typically I feel pretty empty. If I'm being honest, like after I scroll, I don't, I don't feel good. I feel empty. I feel like more depleted, you know, but I feel like when I have that intentional and I like, I'm yeah, I have a more like produce more than you consume kind of mindset. It's really productive and and healthy. And so I think kind of going back to that, like conversation with our kids of like, just, I love that modeling and teaching them of like, I'm going to go on Instagram and see how many people's days I can make, or like, you know what I mean? Just like modeling that for them. Yes. And there's actually, again, like research behind your experience with that. Like the more engaged you are when you are on social media, it's like, again, I'm like, but the statistics person in me is like, but don't trust everything, but it's associated. (laughs) (laughs) It's associated with um, less like mental health challenges. If you are more engaged when you're on social media than if you, yeah, just look at things. I also welcome the healthy skepticism. The scientific skepticism. <laughs> it's like, it's a blessing and a curse, you know, cause I'm like, I don't trust anything that any article. Well, I just always want to go to the article. I'm like, okay, how many people are in the study? And like, how did they do this study? And like, where are they getting these claims? Yep. Yep. I love that. <laughs> that's great modeling I feel like that's so interesting I wonder where that information came from let's dig a little more no seriously I think that will be increasingly important yeah where our kids are getting their information I love that well is there anything else that you would like 
just like to help parents feel more confident in chatting with their kids about screens and approaching this big wide topic. Is there anything else you would like want parents, any other information you'd want parents to have about this topic? A couple of things are coming to mind. One, we kind of touched on this earlier, but really involve your kids as you're deciding the role that screens play in your family and what boundaries you want to have around screens, whether that's with, yeah, like where screens can be, like, I think that can be really helpful is like, you know, no screens at the dinner dinner table or only screens in the front room, or I don't know, that's one option for boundary. I won't get too much into boundaries, but as you're making boundaries as a family and deciding the role that screens play, kids have such valuable things to offer, especially as they get older. Like, they're digital natives and they, they, they'll have input and the more input they give, they'll be more bought in to whatever your plan is too. So that, and then better screen time is an awesome resource. If you have older kids, she, um, yeah, kind of talks more about like teens and when to get phones and things like that. So I think she's a, a great resource. Yes. I love her Instagram. It's just at better screen time. And yeah, I think she has some really good information about screens and kids. And yeah, I'll say, I'll share one more resource that resource that's also been helpful for, um, young kids. I think their target audience is like zero to five or zero to six or something, but tech wise littles is like Mm -hmm. another, those are kind of like my go-to screen people for teens and then for young kids. I love that. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that too. And I love how you mentioned like involving them and setting the boundaries because I I love how you mentioned earlier, it's not an us versus them. Like I think a lot of these, it's like, hmm, I wonder if it would be a good idea if we didn't have screens at the phone, mom and dad, at the table, mom and dad included. Right. And then having that conversation, like, yeah, like, what do you think the benefits would be? And like, your kids are going to know, like they are going to have some good insight into like why that would be a good idea. So I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And I know I've worked with some parents where they're like, my kids were just like smart actly about it. Like, no, we don't see any problems with it. But I think it, like I have seen, like as my clients go into those conversations with like, like very genuinely, like not expecting a certain answer. I think sometimes we as parents are like, so what do you think? Like the, the bad parts of screens are, but like if the more genuine you are of like, I'm just learning this. Like, can you help me figure this out? Like, yeah, the more genuine are, the better that conversation will go over. Mm -hmm. I like that a lot. Yeah. And then I think it's like a good opportunity to model that like compromise. Well, just to wrap up with conversation starters, I think we've had a lot throughout, you know, the episode, but is there anything that like you, maybe even with your kids or that you've seen with clients, like a great way to start that conversation with screens, even with what we're talking about now, maybe a boundaries or are there any like conversation starters that you've seen to be effective or could be helpful for parents who are maybe starting this conversation for the first time? Yeah. I mean, I think for those older kids, it's just saying like, Hey, I have noticed my own screen time. I'm trying to get a hold of my own screen time. And I would love this to be a family thing. Like, can we talk about how we can use screens as tools to support our family? I think that can be a good approach of like, I'm trying to figure this out often comes off. Yeah. It's received better. Mm -hmm. And then I think with 
younger kids, again, I just can't talk enough about how like talking about screens as positive things Mm. makes such a big impact on, on the conversations and on how they view screens. And so just saying like, yeah, like screens are awesome. Like, how do you think we can use screens as a family to connect? How can we connect using screens? Like, how can we how can we, yeah, just talk about whatever your families are and how can screen support that? I love that. Oh my goodness. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. We've loved having this conversation with you. And I, every time we talk to you, I'm just like, it's so much fun. Um, and just as a reminder, we did do an episode chat with your kids about pornography on Alex's, um, podcast, mindful with media and, I would definitely check that episode out as well as Alex, um, when we were, before we were recording, um, she pointed us to her, a few other episodes that might be relevant. If you said, Hey, I'm really excited about this conversation with screens. I want to learn more. So her, um, episode 18 and 19 of her, her podcast kind of, uh, digs into a lot of the topics that we've, uh, broached tonight of, uh, worrying less about our kids' screen time and setting boundaries and like that kind of stuff. So we will point you in that direction and then you can, uh, well, do you want to just tell us a little bit about like where we can find you as well? Yeah, absolutely. So on Instagram, my handle is mindful with media. And then I have a website with that same name, mindfulwithmedia.com. And then my podcast is mindful with media. So that's where I'm at. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This has been a great conversation. Thanks so much. This was so fun for me. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode, Chat With Your Kids About Screens. We are, again, so grateful for Alex for joining us, and we hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we enjoyed recording it. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow the podcast so you never miss an episode. We release an episode every Tuesday and Also, make sure to share it with a friend. Until next time, keep chatting with your kids.